This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Council. I'm Brad Hole. I'm here with Caitlin Brainerd and Kevin Hickey. Hey. Morning. We're attorneys with Hickey and Hole Law Partners. Today, we're going to talk about mediation. Um, this is something that I think we've we've all dealt with in our cases. It's a it's a tool that. If you're not practicing law, you probably don't realize just how valuable it really is and how frequently it's taking place on a case. So I think it'll be helpful for everyone to, to hear a little bit more about it and get an idea about what's going to happen if, if somebody starts throwing out mediation as a word in their case. Before we get into that legal topic, I'm, I want to throw a, a little curveball at you guys who did not know I was going to bring up a non-legal topic to start, but of course, uh, I mean, you guys should know by now that I'm going to do something. Um, Who doesn't love a quiz? Well, oh, yeah. I don't have a quiz or anything. I just I wanted to talk a little bit about World Cup before it's too late. So, oh my god, are either of you guys watching World Cup soccer? Oh yeah, definitely. No, but I know uh, about it. Oh, well, uh, I'm keeping up with the major stuff. Yeah, well, I've pretty much watched the USA games, and I watched the Mexico game against Saudi Arabia, in which they just kind of heartbreakingly threw it away at the end and were not able to advance. They won the game, but they needed the goal differential. And uh, that was kind of a personal interest to me, just because my father-in-law is from Mexico, and uh, I get to rub it in his face for four years now that you know we made the round sixteen and they did not. One of my one of my only true soccer memories is he took me to watch a Gold Cup final where it was USA playing Mexico, and this was probably ten years ago now. And uh, we show up. We've got me and my wife have our American flag and we're ready to go. And 
the USA just got killed. They they got they got obliterated. They got they got beat five to nothing. Mexico's up four to nothing, and their crowd is chanting Cinco, 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 Cinco <laughs> for the fifth goal. Oh and they score. They all start throwing beer everywhere. We're hiding under our flag. But anyway, that's that's kind of beside the point. But that's my probably my best soccer story that I have. Um, I, I I the World Cup is a really cool event to me, just because we don't have many things anymore that as Americans we just all get behind. And 2018 we didn't get to do this because they didn't qualify. And now here we are in 2020 and they're making the round of 16. And I really think this is just it's such a cool thing for us to all be able to get behind and watch it. And we don't even really like soccer, but we like winning so much that we all get on board with it in hopes that we will actually win it and get to, to, to puff our chest out and be the best at it. So it always gets me interested. And here I am again, and I'm going to wake up Saturday morning and I'm going to watch the game against Netherlands. I'm not super optimistic about it, but it's fun. And I don't know if anybody had anything else they wanted to add about it. I mean, well, I think you go ahead, Caitlin. No, you got it. I'm just proud. That's it. They're doing great. I think she had a, no, she had a, she had a Lee, Lee Greenwood type statement there and we'll move on. <laughs> I'm proud, proud to be an American. Um, yeah, no, I think you hit on something there. Uh, we don't have a lot of that uh, sports that the entire country can get behind. Um, I think a lot of that is the culture we have, and, and there's so many sports channels and things like that. But it reminds me a lot. It's interesting you brought that up. It reminds me a lot of when I was growing up, 70s and 80s, in uh, the Olympics. You know, uh, I remember the days in the 70s, guys, I'm sounding like my grandpa, uh, where we had like four, we had four channels, four channels. And so when the Olympics came on, it was, you shut down. I mean, people watched it every night, every day. It, the whole country was captivated by it. We don't have that really anymore because there's so many options people have to, to watch and whatever. But the World Cup gives me that same feeling uh, about, uh, you know, patriotism and that kind of thing. And I just love it. I love the whole event. Like you talked about the different groups. It's just a cool, cool event. And what makes it so cool is the rest of the world is as into it or more than we are. I mean, that is their sport, especially in Europe. And um, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. This is, as far as the team, this is, a, I don't know how to evaluate too much, but I can tell when we have good speed and when we have different things going on. This is, seems to be the fastest most talented team that I've seen the Americans have. And they're young, too. So we may be good for, for quite a while. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, this is. I, I, th- 
this team does look better to me. I, I'm the same way. I can't really evaluate. I don't watch enough soccer to be able to do that. I got I got into I get into the World Cups and Atlanta United had a team that won the MLS Cup a few years ago and I, I watched a lot of them just you know, my any Atlanta sports team doing well will catch my attention. But other than that, I've not watched much soccer in my life. So I, I'm no expert by any means. But there are a few guys who, when you watch this team, you're like, oh, okay, they are they are really athletic and they clearly can play soccer too. And a lot of times in the past, I felt like we had too many like slow white guys. <laughs> You know, I mean, just to, just to put it bluntly, I was like, why why are we not more athletic as as a team? And this yeah. team doesn't feel like that. They feel athletic, and obviously they've got skilled guys, and it seems like a lot more of our players, when they talk about what team they're playing for, they're playing for some Premier League team, and, and that's all very positive signs. And uh, they're very young, I know that, so we're going to get to – learn these guys a little better as as time goes on because they're probably mostly going to be back for the next world cup so i'm looking forward to it i really hope they win this next game because that'll get everybody amped up to an 11 they basically have never made it past the final eight uh in any mark i think in like 1940 they finished third so since that time they've never made it maybe i'll watch a game if they make it to the next round well it's 9 a.m tomorrow Caitlin, so she 9 a.m. in the morning. The next round. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. If they beat this next team, if they beat the Netherlands, I'll, I'll give her. Oh, a okay. Yeah, don't worry about tomorrow morning, then, Caitlin. You you go yeah, through your normal Saturday today. routine or whatever. We, we have learned <laughs> something about Caitlin today. <laughs> We've learned something about Caitlin today. She she roots for front runners. She she's a, <laughs> she's be well, a winner. Or the underdog. If you don't win at all. I will also be reading for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I also like to right. win well, so. Well, I think we've exhausted our soccer knowledge probably three minutes ago. <laughs> so we'll move to mediation. Uh, Ke- Kevin is a mediator, so he's got some extra insight on this. I have mediated dozens of cases, if not more, and – just to start with, what is mediation? Well, mediation is a process where the parties of the case and their attorneys meet with a mediator who is a neutral third party. Typically, it's an attorney, and they try to resolve the case. They try to come to a settlement, and the mediator's job is primarily to get a settlement done. Kevin, would you agree with all of that? Yes, I would. Okay. And the, the mediation itself can happen in different ways. Sometimes everybody sits down at a big table and you just try to hash things out. Um, a lot of times it doesn't work that way. That's kind of how they show it in the movies if you see mediation going on. But a lot of times you, you don't sit down at one big table. You, you have separate rooms for the different parties and the mediators and attorneys may meet together, but the mediators kind of going back and forth between the rooms, taking different offers to and from. That helps with the confidentiality of it, and that helps with the emotions of it all kind of getting removed so people can be a little more rational. But you can do it either way, and I've seen it done either way. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Kevin step in here for a little bit. He looks like he's got something to say. 
Well, um, yeah, I've mediated a lot of cases as the mediator, and then I've been a party representing my client in a mediation. And, um, you know, I think for people listening to this, wondering about it, it's, it's a process that works. And a lot of people get in their mind that, well, if we haven't been, we've been sending settlement offers back and forth for months and they, she won't agree to what I want or he won't agree to what I want. Why am I going to now spend extra money to go to this process of mediation and this person that doesn't know anything about my case, how are they going to help me get this case resolved? But it works the vast majority of the time you get settlements reached. That's just the, the research shows it. And there's something about that process of everybody being in the same building that kind of makes everybody invested in that goal of getting it resolved. And it works. Not every time, but the vast majority of the time it works. And so I would tell people listening to this, to if, if mediation's been ordered in your case or if your attorney is suggesting it, you ought to do it. You ought to seriously consider it, and you probably ought to do it because there is a good chance that you're going to get your case settled. And um, and like Brad was just saying, it's not like what you see on TV where the parties are across the table from each other and they start arguing. You know, if you've watched some legal shows, you know, a lot of that is put together that way for the show. It's for television. It's for entertainment to create that friction. And so if you've got that in your mind and you have some anxiety about that, that's not the way it normally goes, especially in domestic relations mediations. Um, when I meet in the mediator, I can't remember the last time I had all the parties in the same room. Uh, there's so much emotion involved and usually a lot of very high emotional energy type issues involved. You don't want the it's volatile to have those people in the same room, especially at the beginning. It can just go south immediately and you don't want that. So, and talk to your attorney about it. Say, Hey, I want to make sure we're in separate rooms when we start. And they'll let the mediator know. And that's probably, I mean, that's, that's what you'll do, but give that, uh, give the process a chance to play out and, and work. Because I think if you go in with good faith and try to get it resolved, there's a good chance you're going to get your case finished that day. And uh, so it, it's a good process. Well, the term you hear a lot is the magic of mediation. And there's just something about it that you, you get in there and, and, it does seem to work. I, I've seen cases that have started from from such vastly different ends that you think there's no possible way we're going to settle this today. And at five o'clock that afternoon, we're sitting there drafting up the agreed order. So oh, just Caitlin have- has seen that happen recently. I was a mediator on a mediation very recently and Caitlin shadowed me and I kind of like her thoughts on what she liked or what she observed that was something she didn't expect or those kinds of things. Well, I really um, was surprised at how well the mediation went because I know that the parties, I mean, even though I had no idea what the case was about, it was very apparent from the beginning that they did not want to come to an agreement where everybody sort of, compromised on things but I was very impressed because even though everybody had really high emotions I think the separation and like being in the separate rooms were it was the key for them to be able to rein it in to be able to think 
critically about what's the best situation and why they didn't need to go to trial on the one or two issues that they had left to settle. Um, I think that that was probably the most impressive to me was that it was able to be prevented from going to trial over just one or two really small issues. Well, one thing that I want to touch on before I forget uh, is the confidentiality aspect of it. And that's where breaking into separate rooms also plays a big key a lot of the times is you can get trust in that confidentiality. With the mediation, everything is confidential for the most part. I say for the most part because if you if you tell the mediator that you you want that mediator to share something with the other side and they can do it. The other thing is if you tell the mediator that um, you will agree to three days a week and they make that offer to the other side, well, that's confidential. That's not going to come up in court. But if you tell the mediator, I've got 50 pages of text messages where I said a bunch of terrible stuff and I don't want them to know about it, and then you okay the mediator telling them that for whatever reason during the negotiations, and now they know about those 50 pages of text messages, they can go ask for those text messages later on. You haven't shielded that evidence by bringing it up in mediation. But there is part of this process requires that confidentiality to be able to say, well, mediator, I am worried about this. What do you think will happen? You know, and be able to make some admissions and get that mediator's take on it and have this third-party educated person telling you what you can expect to happen in your case. Uh, so the confidentiality aspect is really big, a big piece of why mediation works, I think. I, I do too, and I explain that to the parties when we start, <clears throat> that if, you know, I will, if there's something they tell me that I think will be helpful for getting the settlement reached, I, I will ask their permission if I can share that in the other room. And, um, you know, one thing I make clear to people, too, and that people listening need to understand, too, is that the mediator's only dog in this fight is to try to get your case settled. As a mediator, my number one goal is to try to get another mediation. And so I want to do a good job for these people. And I want judges to know that I'm doing a good job for these people and that we got the case settled. So my job is to try to get it settled. So I'm going to approach it from every angle. And... I think people, uh, you know, I tell people up front, I don't care if you walk out of here with everything or if you let him walk out of here with everything. If the two of you agree to that, then that's, and your attorneys agree with you or help you get there, then that's what's going to happen. But it makes no difference to me. I'm just trying to get your case settled. I will say, I guess I didn't realize that mediation was like the point of it was just to settle. Like before coming to observe the mediation, I thought, oh, okay, like this is just someone who's facilitating a conversation between the parties. Like, I mean, like whatever. I didn't really understand that settlement was the ultimate goal until I observed the mediation. I don't know what I really thought it was, but I didn't, didn't know that. Well, you've seen me, Caitlin, you've seen me in trial prep and, and doing a trial and, and that kind of thing. And then you've seen me as a mediator. I'm assuming you noticed I had a very different tact in the mediation as opposed to the yes. trial prep. Yes. And, and so. on that point kind of of your expectations, Caitlin, before you experienced the mediation going through one, um, 
did you understand the I, well, let me see how to ask this best. Did you expect it to be more of a confrontational type negotiation process or was it or was it more um, in line with a common goal than you expected? I maybe maybe both. Um, like I figured that it would be confrontational just because, you know, you're two adverse parties. But I was very impressed with how civil it was. You know, they could cry and scream about the other party all day long in their little room. But it was like, oh, well, here we are. We're going to walk over to the next room. And they don't have to know that they were cussing him. But, you know, so there was a lot of civility. I was I was impressed. And it went really, really well. And I truly didn't think that those six hours were going to come to an end. But Kevin did it. Well, and you, and you, you picked up <laughs> on something there that goes back to what we were talking about before, that that separating rooms, especially in really volatile cases, is is really important for, for a lot of these cases to settle because emotions do get high. And almost every mediation I've done where we had a really contested case, my client did get upset at some point and did have some harsh words for the other side. And I'm sure that was going on, on the in the other room. But the fact that they weren't having to hear it directly from each other was huge to the process continuing on and getting to the resolution at the end of the day. And I also think it's part of the magic of mediation, which is it's it's almost like a day in court where they're able to to say what they need to say, to get that off their chest and, and be heard by some third party. In this case, it's the mediator. Um, it, they kind of get that in a, in a safe space. They're able to do that. And I think that helps a lot too for some folks who just, they just need to say it and they need to have somebody hear them say it in the court process. I, I, I want to make a comment about it. Um, you've got to hang in there. You're not going to like the first offer that comes from the other room. Just, just understand you're not. And, but understand that after 10 or 12 more times of going back and forth, you may get there. And I've got a really good example from three days ago. I was the mediator on another case and I brought the first offer over and the person in this, in the second room, as I read through the offer. And even after I told them, let me read through this before you make any comments, I could hear the person over there saying, Nope, Nope, not doing that. Nope. Nope. Every line that I read, they pretty much disagreed with. Well, four hours later, we had an ag a full agreement. So you just never know. You've got to, I tell people to trust the process. Just understand this is going to be a few hours and we're here. We're here and we're going to do our best to get it settled. And if you'll let this process work, we, we more than likely are going to get there. And the, and the last thing I, I want to make a note of is mediations, even when they're not successful, I like them a lot. I know my clients don't always want to pay for an unsuccessful mediation because you got to pay for my time and you, you guys pay for the mediator. But you can learn a lot about your case, about the other side's case. Uh, you can get a lot of information out of a mediation that you, you wouldn't have had otherwise uh, to help you move going forward with your case if you go to a trial. You, you can get a lot of information about what the other side's planning to present what they think are their key facts, what they really care most about, that that all is going to come out in, in a mediation most of the time. So even if you leave there without an agreement, I've almost never had a mediation that I didn't feel was very productive for my case in some way. Yeah, it's not a, yes, it's a productive 
process, even if you don't get a settlement, at least from the attorney standpoint when you're representing somebody. I agree. Because if you see something continuing to pop up in an offer, you know it's important to them. You know, if, if they keep putting something in there that over and over, they're wanting it for some reason. And, uh, yeah, it's helpful. And a lot of times when you're doing the back and forth in offers, you'll say, well, what's their, why are they saying this? Why do they want to – why do they think this number is right? Or, you know, what, why do they think – why do they want Fridays so bad? And then you can get that information. And a lot of times they're willing to provide that information. And then you know, okay, so this is why – this is why they think that numbers right because they they have they claim to have medical records that support it or whatever and then you know going forward okay they they've got some medical records we need to see them or figure out what they have and move forward that way so to me a mediation is is almost always a yes but i understand clients have to keep in mind the cost concerns and things like that so there have been a, a very few amount of times maybe less than 3 where I can recall mediation being discussed with my client and the ultimate conclusion being this is probably not worth our time and money. And even in those cases, I would have done it if the client had agreed. But All right. Anything else mediation-wise? Not for me. Well, then we will end our mediation session here and, uh, <laughs> and, and move on with our day. Thank you, guys. Right. Everybody have a good day. Thanks. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.